everyone. Welcome back to Admitted on the Classic Podcast, where we invite Townsend seniors to read the personal essays that got them admitted to their dream schools. We're your hosts, Jasmine and Jenna. For episode 11, we're going to listen to how Hitoriyaki got Amelia into her dream school. Welcome, Amelia, and how are you doing today? Hi, I'm all right. Um, so I applied to Columbia University for the undergraduate anthropology major. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, so you answer prompt number two on the common application, which asks, the lessons we take from obstacles we encounter can be fundamental to later success. Recount the time when you faced a challenge, setback, or failure. How did it affect you, and what did you learn from the experience? All right, so um, I called this essay on my official document, um, Hitori Aruki, which is kind of like a combo phrase, which means um, walking alone, roughly. Um, so I'll just go ahead. Um, does anyone know the verb to hear? My hand shot up so fast I startled my neighbors. I tried to suppress my grin when the teacher called on me. Kiku, kikimas. I felt a surge of pride when the teach- my teacher said I was correct. Indeed, a middle school addiction to Japanese pop music had its perks. I knew my edge wouldn't last forever. It was only freshman year, but I never expected it to dim so soon. The National Japan Bowl competition is a prestigious event at my school, especially in our small Japanese language program. Our teacher warned us that the, that the team required as much commitment as playing on a sports team year-round. She asked everyone interested in joining to move to a, a group of desks by the window, where I happened to be sitting. Quickly, the star students found, found their seats, and still I sat. My teacher scanned the group with expectant eyes until her gaze settled on me. I asked what I, she asked what I intended to do. <laughs> in a quiet voice, I answered honestly, I'm not quite sure yet. That wasn't good enough. She needed commitment. I receded further into my oversized jacket. It felt foolish to entertain the thought of joining something this elite. I couldn't even muster this. I had been oh sorry. I'd been rejected from my dream school that same year. I couldn't even muster the same energy and rigor that my peers had for the ever popular STEM. How could I delude myself into thinking I might qualify for a national competition? The thoughts came like a cycling tempest, loosening, loosening the heels I had dug into the floor. I dragged myself to the other side of the room. Every time Japan Bowl was mentioned after that, every time I saw um, team members chatting over adv- their advanced textbooks, I felt a sting of regret and self-hatred. Watching the team score first place in the digital competition, the lemon soda I had been sipping turned dreadfully bitter in my mouth. When another student tried out for the team the following year, I thought that this could be my second chance. I entered the summer study program, competing with that student for the single open spot. I was so eager to be studying advanced material with the other members, feeling almost buoyant, embarking on the immense memorization task with, with enthusiasm. Sorry, I'm tired. I, <laughs> I covered as many chapters of the textbook as I could, but I was still chasing miles behind my competitor. My health degraded physically and mentally. It wasn't a surprise to be told I hadn't been qualified. I hadn't qualified for the competition. Rather, it seemed like a foregone conclusion I'd been simply too proud to accept. What allowed me to recover from that disappointment was the realization that studying Japanese, personally, was not about memorizing professional mascots and trivia. I just wanted to speak Japanese and do it well. I stepped away from Japan Bowl and continued to study based on what I wanted to learn, primarily translation. The following spring, I entered the NECTJ Harumatsuri speech competition, writing a speech in Japanese about Studio Ghibli films. Judges from all over NYC were scrutinizing me, and there was nowhere to hide. But I retired that old jacket from freshman year and delivered my speech with a voice that everyone could hear. The translation skills that I gained from that competition boosted my self-confidence more than any of my my Japan Bowl work ever had. I no longer base my self-worth on conforming to how others choose to express passion for their chosen discipline. Now I realize that a competition is only one way to dedicate yourself, and it's perfectly fine to establish another, entirely my own.
Finding satisfaction and joy in what you study is what truly allows you to grow. I now move forward unafraid to believe that what I love and wish to pursue has true value. I said in my speech. I have started to accept myself. Thank you so much for sharing your essay. I really enjoyed listening to it. I'm sure all our viewers are, and listeners out there did too. I particularly enjoyed how you included you know, dialogue and for him to be more of a story with pieces of reflection that really immerse the reader or listener, this is a podcast after all, um, into your thoughts, whether of self-doubt or the moment where you finally found um, a place in your own comfortable space. Um, so your essay is titled Hitoriaruki. Did I say it right? Yeah, great. Um, which means walking alone. Um, you didn't mention the word throughout the essay, but why did you feel like that word itself was a good title and how does it relate to your story? Yeah, so, well, I, I was thinking that maybe d- using a Japanese title that was like a thought that I wanted to um, explore, but I didn't really know what to do at first. Um, I was actually doing a project and I stumbled upon that a certain phrase. It was actually like, it, it was a very different meaning, but essentially like the idea that words walk on their own. Um, and so I was like, that's an interesting phrase. And so I kind of recontextualize it in the context of my own um, personal journey with um, Japan Bowl, which is ongoing in a way. Um, and uh, it felt like it was it was a little bit cheesy, but I think it's like that sweet spot that sometimes it's a little it's okay to be a little bit cheesy with like the common app essay. Yeah, so there are six prompts on the Common application and one free write. How did you choose to write about this topic, and what was your writing journey like? Yeah, so originally I kind of started from a very different place, um, kind of one that wasn't as sensitive in a way. Um, It was was a completely different topic, but then I realized after really, um, I went to a short kind of boot camp program um, to get some more opinions about mine because it was a very sensitive topic, the original one as well and I kind of got some opinions that um, made me want to steer away from that topic and so I ended up landing on Japan Bowl as like a big thing um, because it seemed it was kind of like up until that point and even now it's like the the most uniting theme of like my four years Um, because Japanese I've taken it all four years and it's the only class that you get to do that for Um, and so I would say that in terms of the prompt itself that kind of just came after the essay. Uh, I really was like, I had a few that I was thinking of, like it could match for, depending on where it went. Um, and then I tweaked it after based on the prompt that I chose. But I think that I think that prompt fits me because I've experienced like a lot of big failures and a lot of, um, like I said, like I got rejected originally from my high school that I wanted to go to. Um, not here, but I've quite enjoyed it here. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so I, that was kind of like a big theme in my life. So I thought that that was, it was kind of emblematic of, of me as an academic like performer as well. Yeah, I understand that. A lot of people, especially me included, when writing the Common App, we, I think that it's a, an issue or thing that we all have in mind when we're writing, how personal we should be, how vulnerable we should be, um, because ultimately they tell you to write your, about yourself, but at the same time, you know, it's difficult to do that and how much you really mm-hmm. want to reveal because ultimately it's going to be an admissions officer in a university building reading it that you don't know anything about. Um, so yeah, I totally understand that. Um, so your essay emphasizes the struggle of the ambitious desire to advance and already establish paths of success and prestige with, on the other hand, um, finding alternative routes that speak truer to ourselves. Um, I feel like for Townsend students, this particularly hits home. 
Um, so what advice do you have for Townsend students who might be experiencing a similar, a similar inner conflict? Hmm. Well, I would say, like, I, I think that tearing yourself up about something like that is just not, it's, it's not healthy. And it really doesn't get you anywhere because there are some, like, I know people in the, well, you know, I, I know that even that particular program, especially, or just academic, uh, academic teams in general, there's this very specific environment when it's a, it's almost like a, when it's a, when it's a small group of people, it's like this culture almost that is unique to that specific team and that competition that's really specific. And then it doesn't, it's not really a one fits all kind of mold. Like it, some people are just are not going to feel like that's their thing and that's okay. Like you don't have to look for a place for yourself and like desperately search. You can really just do your own thing and it's okay to to do that and not like have to f have academic like affirmation for it because what I've discovered is kind of that even if you start on your own if you just really work at something even, like if you're writing or maybe you're um doing something outside of school um any community projects even a job it really does come back and it really does like when you're doing your college applications you can put it there and you feel really strongly about it because it's something that you pursued and it's actually even more powerful because the, the admissions officer is looking at you and saying, this is someone who went out of their way to do something extracurricular that no one else really was doing. And they really worked at it. And the, um, the progression of the work, like, like writing, you submit to competitions. That's just my own personal experience. Um, but whatever discipline you're in, um, you develop over time on your own in a way that I think is even more special and more impactful for your application. Yeah, so along the same lines, you also talked about how the emotional and mental, mental difficulty in going through your setbacks. And I think that young people are often affected by things like timidity, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, and other feelings that lead to lower self-esteem. As you wrote in your essay, your health degraded physically and mentally as you tried to keep up for this competition that ultimately wasn't for you. Yet you found this other academic com competition that empowered you through using your voice, which is so powerful. Could you delve deeper into how that that was the pivot point and how that changed you as a person. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was interesting because the Harumatsuri thing was kind of a one-off. Um, it was what actually what really influenced me that I didn't really get to touch on in the essay because I did kind of deviate from the prompt was that there was another student who was a senior who was um, working um, on the speech as well. Each person did their own, and working with her actually was very much kind of um, it was it calmed me down a lot because she had actually. She was a Japan Bowl student or former Japan Bowl student, um, and she was very, very sweet. And she kind of had a similar path where she just was very jaded by it. And she wasn't so interested in that kind of thing, but she was still interested in pursuing the language in college and East Asian studies. And that kind of really stuck with me, just working with her and like spending extra hours after school to talk about the speech and practicing off each other. That, and also I got to talk to actually um, in practicing my speech, um, we talked to some alumni from our sister school in Japan, um, who, Sasaki-san, and, um, oh gosh, I cannot remember her last name, so I don't want <laughs> to say her first name, but um, two really wonderful alumni, and actually, so talking to, like, native Japanese people, that was a really unique experience. Um, I found it very valuable, much more valuable than, kind of, I'd, some some Japan Bowl stuff has been some, has allowed me to talk to people from Japan, but it wasn't really the same. It felt like a lot more personal. So I think that was definitely really helpful for me. And then also in terms of the emotional arc of it, 
um, I really wasn't putting everything, I wasn't putting, like, my whole spirit on that one thing. Like, during the summer, when I was doing that tremble stuff, I really, like, that was the big thing that I was doing. Besides, of course, like, the normal studying for the SAT and, um, all sorts, you know, what you do when you're, um, gearing up for junior year. Um, but in the spring, I was kind of, like, all over the place with, like, APs and other extracurriculars and the SAT, which I took both times in the spring. Um... So I really didn't have the chance almost to kind of like really hurt myself over it like and really get upset about it in the same way. And I think that was actually much more healthy, even if it was kind of less of my original like nature of approaching the competition. Throughout the writing process, did you come across any challenges and how did you overcome them? Yeah, well, I, I originally, um, rewriting, like, changing my topic, that was a big thing for me, just because I, I wasn't really ready to let go of the first one at first. It, it took me, I, like, I had to take a break um, after kind of, like, airing that and knowing that I need to change it and just kind of process that. But then after that, it was pretty smooth. It was also the refinement process that um, I think maybe the word cutting, I always have trouble with that. Like, my supplementals, it was the same thing. Um... I did receive some help from a family friend who is a longtime college advisor to my father's students at Art and Design High School. So I must say that I'm very, very lucky in that regard in terms of the final refinement process, um, which she really helped me with just word cutting and just some feedback and asking questions about the process overall. So before we conclude the episode, um, do you have any advice for students who are currently in the process of thinking about their personal essays and the college application writing process? Um, I would say, well, firstly, start early, please. Um, I started um, in late June, I think, for the Common App, and then I started my supplementals in July. For And I went after the, the schools. I, I figured out which schools, the REACH schools I had, that had a lot of apps, and as you know, Yale was one of them, and then, or a lot of subs, that's what I meant, sorry. Um, Columbia also had more than normal. Stanford had a lot. Um, Harvard, all the, the, like, the really, the big ones, you know. Um, do extracurriculars that you, that you actually like. Don't, don't just, like, do a bunch of, and don't, like, try to curry for leadership positions with the seniors. We can see through that. (laughs) I, I love, I love underclassmen friends. You guys are wonderful, but, um, trying to do things that are really, like, even if it doesn't get you a lot of, like, cred or like things that colleges you th- like things that you think colleges might like you should do what you want because it shows in in your application and you don't have to be like you know the a renaissance person to like to get into an ivy league college you really just need to show what you love and then just present yourself and that's so corny but like present yourself in a way that's honest and not trying to be everything at once because I think that that is when you get overwhelmed and that's when you have a problem. I definitely agree because I feel like a lot of towns and students come in with like a set plan mm-hmm. that they adhere to like I'm going to join this team I'm going to join this academic club and I'm going to join this publication and they feel that without it their application being complete and they're they're never going to get in anywhere. Um, but ultimately what colleges like to see is passion and authenticity and that and once you actually find things that you're truly passionate about um, that'll show through and you'll succeed in your own little pocket of success thank you amelia for coming on to the show and thank you to our listeners for tuning in this ends today's episode on how Hitoriyaki got Amelia into her dream school. You can listen to Admitted on Spotify and Apple Podcast, as well as on the Classics YouTube channel, The Classic TV. 
you can check the classic out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at TTHS Classic. You can also find our website at tthsclassic.com where we recently added an email subscription service um, so you can be up to date with the articles we publish. That's all for today, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode on Admitted. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.